0: Imagine that you're working in a restaurant, pots and pans, claying of dishes, a glass breaking on the floor, all the while customers complaining their order's not ready yet, my steak's not done right. Can I get another drink? Now open your eyes and imagine you're on a beach in a foreign country with some people you've never met before. That's the life that Andrew led. Years ago, he was working in a kitchen. Now he's a travel guide going to Spanish speaking countries all around the world. This week he joins us on the Get Lost podcast to talk about Cuba, the implications of new trade embargoes on the country, and how we can help.
1: Literally, she was the guide of the last cruise ship that was allowed. This was like a couple days ago, not even a week ago. And she was like, it was really weird because. Everyone is kind of, you know, being jovial and jokey, like, as the Cubans are. And, like, when the cruise ship went away, they all, like, cried afterward.
2: Talking to myself again Wondering if this traveling is good Is there something better doing We'd be doing if we could And oh, the stories we could tell And if this all blows up and goes to hell, well, I hope that we can sit back on a bed in some hotel. Sing you all the stories we can tell.
0: So, welcome to the Get Lost Podcast. I am Joe Sills, a freelance writer for Travel Channel, National Geographic. Bassmaster Magazine, a couple other random places, and I'm here today with a very special guest. His name is Andrew Tyree, and he is the founder of Costa Costa. That's correct. That's right. Hi, how are you? Doing good, Andrew. Hey, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, not a problem at all. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm I'm glad to do it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Costa Costa, what you guys do, and how you got started?
1: Sure. Um, So, Costa Costa, I started it In 2012, so about seven years ago now, um, we basically do culturally immersive group travel and private travel stuff um, to Spanish-speaking countries thus far. Um, I started by – I lived in Spain for years, um, for about four years in kind of my mid-20s, and I moved back. I was living in San Francisco and working in a restaurant, and I still just kept itching to go back to Spain all the time. So I would kind of like organize groups of friends of mine – uh, to, you know, we like rent a house and everybody stay together and all this kind of stuff. So I just kind of like practiced on friends because I wanted to go back to Spain for free. Um, and then it sort of just like ended up being a thing that it was like a really interesting way of traveling, um, traveling with someone who like lives there or like friends of mine were chefs and winemakers and things like this. So I kind of started putting my, Spain contacts together with uh, with friends of mine and with like my restaurant contacts and I just started doing trips to Barcelona in 2012 um, and then started kind of doing Mexico ones and Cuba
0: and Peru just every everything kind of like uh, of, of after years of doing it sort of fell into place. So when you started setting that up, were you using a lot of Airbnbs, or was it just people that you had met?
1: It it was actually VRBO um, when we were doing it in 2012. I think Airbnb was around, but I wasn't um, like aware of it yet. It hadn't like kind of boomed as it is now. So the first couple that we did, because my first official one um, was it was VRBO in 2012, and I had done ones in like 2010 and 2011 with friends. And those were also VRBO. So I think that site is still around as well, but you know, obviously Airbnb kind of like took over that space.
0: Yeah. They've become a monster and and I guess it's sort of a tangent and another topic, but I have a a very much like a love hate relationship with Airbnb, you know, (laughs) like I love it, but I hate to see what it's done to a lot of off the grid travel destinations.
1: Yeah. It's, it's kind of messing up stuff too. Like I was just reading this article, where it's like big developers have like caught on now. Like it used yeah. to be like you'd stay at someone's house and they'd like show you around. And it was like this really cool, like nice, immersive, like cultural exchange. And now it's like developers will buy up a whole block and turn them all into BNBs just to like short-term rent them and like displace people and like makes rents go up and all that kind of shit. So that part I don't like of them. The original, um, and there's still like a ton of Airbnb that's like, you know, you get to know your host and they like show you around and they'll make you dinner or things like that. Um, plus with me, I really love the experience of going to a place with a group of people and having a house. That's like, it feels like your home in the country, in the place that you're traveling to. I think that, that feeling is something that they really nailed and is super awesome. I I think that part is really great.
0: Totally. I mean, on the flip side, like you said, the, the original impetus for Airbnb, I can't tell you how many like real friends I've made just going across the world, like stayed at their house and I mean, you're like a real friendship there. It totally.
1: Cause you're, I mean, you're, they're putting you up. It's kind of an intimate thing. They're putting you up in their home. Right. And they're like, you know, showing you around their city and things like that. So I think, I think in its core, there's really, really like beautiful stuff about Airbnb. And I have the same, the same experience. Like people I've met, I actually, uh, I live in LA and when, um, they started doing Airbnb experiences, they like had hit me up. I have a friend who works for them. And since I do tourism, they were like, Hey, can you do these like day, you know, Airbnb experiences. So I was one of the first 10 to do them in LA. And they were just, all of these people came through and did these trips of like, you know, places that I grew up eating in Los Angeles and stuff like this. So it really did make some cool friendships. There's a couple of people in Peru now that I've used their kind of contact stuff. And I've hung out with them when I went to Peru. And so it does, it, it, it makes nice international friendships happen.
0: Yeah, that part is true. Well, speaking of international friendships um, and traveling to not just Latin American countries, but Spanish speaking countries in general. Um, I think one of the most exciting and the hottest tourist destinations in the last few years has been Cuba. Uh, you know, the Obama administration, they opened it up and, at least they made it easier for people to get there. And now, as of several days ago, it looks like it just got a lot harder to go to Cuba. This
1: this is true. So I'll start with the Obama administration part first. So like I said, I had started this in 2012, and I was working in a restaurant full time uh, and like did trips to Spain, did a couple of trips to Mexico, but was really like I'd maybe done I had spent about three years on it before 2015 when um, the Cuba thing opened. So it was really actually amazing timing for me because I had about three years to uh, learn how to do these group travel experiences and how to deliver them and and manage them well. Um, And I was actually coming back from a trip to Tulum in January of 2015. I had like 20 people in Tulum. It was a super fun week. It was really amazing. And we're flying back. I'm dead tired, though. It was like friends of mine from San Francisco. It was a whooping time. We we're out drinking late and all this kind of stuff. It's like day eight. I'm coming back. I'm like translating for people in the Mexico City airport, translating their menus. And I strike a conversation with this older gentleman right like at the table next to us. He's He was making a joke that I'm an adult babysitter and I we were just kind of making jokes back and forth. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, what do, you, what do you do, sir? Like, What's your thing? And he's like, oh, I'm actually in Cuban tourism. And while you were like, it was the week literally the same week he's like while you guys were in Mexico your president just opened up tourism to Cuba and I exchanged information with that guy we didn't actually end up using him but that kind of sparked the 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 you know the interest in me right away and it was it was off to the races at that point like like you said it was a massive change um in like a massive shift I guess in like American and Cuban relations for the first time in 58 59 years we were able to uh kind of go there more freely and like he was opening up trade stuff it was it was it was an amazing it was a ama- an amazing amazing couple of years
0: there so describe for our listeners that have never been to cuba and i would be actually among them um what cuba was like in 2012 and how tourism impacted cuba in as far as 2019 i mean you've been there every year since i assume
1: yeah. So we, well, we started going in the first one I did was March of 2015 when, so Obama opened it in 2015, uh, in January. And I literally just went and tried to figure it out immediately. So some of the things like I've been fortunate enough, this is like an amazing thing that has happened where like, I don't, I'm like, it's one of those things I think, will my grandchildren be like really impressed by this? Or are they just like, gonna be like, who gives a shit? But cause you know, kids can do that. <laughs> But like, literally, I was – I ended up being there the week that – like, I had a group there the week that Obama was there. We had a group there uh when the Rolling Stones, like, played their first legal rock concert in the country of Cuba. They did this, like, huge, like, free concert. And it was just, like – it was fucking awesome. That's, like, the best I can describe it. They The Cubans were excited. We were excited to be there. They were excited to have us. Cuban, like – spirits were lifted it's i have to just say like it's not it's not an easy experience in cuba like being a cuban person in the country of cuba is it can be really difficult there with paul like politics stuff uh makes it difficult and with this embargo that we've had for the last 60 years and all these kinds of things so i think a lot of them saw it as like this you know forward progress and and that we were going to be you know friends again and a lot of the Cubans would come and hug us in the streets. And they were so excited that things were kind of pressing forward as were we, I'm like, I'm a person who, I mean, my job is to kind of bring cultures into different cultures and, you know, interact with them. And i found that like people, people love people when you go around, like it's, there's not like, everyone wants to be closer. People don't like being separated. They don't like being like told that they can't go somewhere. So I feel like during, during those times specifically, we were there when Obama was there, we, uh, the Rolling Stones one. I was there the night that Fidel Castro died. I was there the night that um, that Trump got inaugurated. And just between the sentiment of the Obama week, we like to joke and call it Obama-rama, um, like there's just the excitement and people just jumping around in the streets and all that kind of stuff. And like just that feeling of like progression and like we're doing this and we're going to be, you know, united again to the when Trump um, got inaugurated that week, it was very, very difficult because all of the Cubans were just shocked and so disappointed and like even heartbroken. I don't want to be dramatic about it, but like there were people that literally were like, what happened? So that was, that was when he got inaugurated. Um, further back about a year and a half ago, he announced that he was going to make, uh, make travel restrictions to Cuba. So we have, we have a license to be able to take people to Cuba. Right. So we thought, all right, we're going to have this license. He's going to like restrict solo travel that people can't just go down there willy-nilly. This is going to slow down Cuban tourism, but for us it's going to work, you know, because we have a license. People will kind of have to come through us. Sure. What the what the problem is is that it kind of puts out into the public that travel to Cuba is illegal or it, he kind of he kind of cooled it a year and a half ago. He slowed down the wave that was happening before you're allowed to travel to Cuba for one of 12 reasons of a general license the one of the general licenses so all of the rest of them are still legal you can still go to Cuba for 11 different reasons the one that he made illegal is called people to people educational travel which a lot of people were using
0: okay so explain to people a the most common the most commonly used of those 12 reasons you can visit Cuba and b what is people to people travel
1: So basically the Department of Treasury, because we're at sort of trade war with Cuba, makes it so that you have to go to Cuba. You can't just go again, like willy nilly and just do whatever you want. You have to go for one of these like 12 specific reasons. There's like family visits or like religious purposes or educational to get a degree purposes. There's 12 different things. People to people, the one that he just made illegal, was one of the things that it's basically you're there to interact with the Cuban people with their culture to kind of gain a better understanding. So it's more of kind of a cultural trip. Um, They were cruise ships were using this general license, Um, private planes and yachts were coming in and using this general license. So, It was the most popular, I would imagine. It was, yeah, it was definitely the most popular way to kind of like get to Cuba and be able to experience the place, but it was kind of a looser one. So what is the thing to use now, the one that we're using, um, is support for the Cuban people is another one of the general licenses.
0: So that's the one that we use. Okay, so explain support for the Cuban people.
1: So support for the Cuban people, basically, so kind of going back to like the Airbnb thing, right? Like, um, I started doing these, these trips when I started doing these trips, I realized really quickly that I like everybody to kind of stay in the same place. I don't want to do a big hotel. We do trips in a house. We'll rent a house for everyone and everyone gets like their own room and own bathroom kind of thing. Right. But it's like your living room is like you hang out after you go out and things like this. So since jump, like from jump, I have been, A fan of doing it like kind of in that model, like we'll rent an entire home. I want to go to small restaurants of like cool people that I have met and become friends with. I'm not one for big business in general. Um, I didn't want to do things that were uh, government run in Cuba um, for a lot of reasons, but they're not poorly done. Like, So most things in Cuba are owned by the Cuban government. I liked – the service and I liked the like quality of things that were handled by the private sector in Cuba. So I've right. just been like, like you go to a restaurant, right. And the first time in Cuba, you don't really know what what's what you go to a government restaurant after being there. I've been like 24 times now. I know which one is government run and I know which one isn't. So like just like stylistically and like taste wise, plus I like working directly with, with, you know, small businesses. I pay everybody direct and all this kind of stuff. So over the last like, you know, four years that we've been doing Cuba. We're like, screw this. I don't want to do the government stuff because it goes into the pockets of like politicians. Uh, it's poorly run. So we've just like made friends with people, young entrepreneurs doing cool shit and just you like go to their bakeries and go to their like cafes and go to stuff that like is cooler anyway. It's kind of more stylistically like on point They do much better service, have much better quality. So when these last things rolled out, we're already doing support for the Cuban people. Basically, you have to do things private sector. You can't do anything government-owned.
0: Okay, so that leads me to my next question. The ban on cruise ships, well, that's basically what they're calling it, but there's, it's really a ban on people-to-people. People. Um, does that affect more government-run entities or private sector entities?
1: I think it's going to affect everyone who works in tourism, to be an influx of tourism, like in a place like that's so economically kind of challenged an influx of tourism is helpful for people who work in tourism and for their families. So like government was kind of, um, you know, anything like kind of state run was, was benefiting from it. The private sector was benefiting from it. Everyone has been benefiting from it. The people that we work with specifically, Um, they, all of them are kind of feeling the pinch. We've been reaching out to our people. Uh, one of, one of our like main guides Thalia, who's amazing. Literally she was the guide of the last cruise ship that was allowed. This was like a, a couple days ago, not even a week ago. And she was like, it was really weird because everyone was kind of, you know, being jovial and jokey, like as the Cubans are. And like when the cruise ship went away, they all like cried afterwards. They're like, Oh wait, this is
0: real. This is actually happening. Like, I mean it got it got cut like immediately, like very, very quickly. So Yeah, I think they announced it on a Monday and it went into effect on a Wednesday. I've never seen our government move that quickly.
1: So quickly. So quickly. I I I had heard that announcements were going to be made at the beginning of July. I was literally in the Andes Mountains. I was in Peru like last week, walking with a shaman along this river in the most serene environment you can believe. It was so fucking nice. And I get texts from my wife and from another guy that we work with. Um, being like, Obama pulled people to people, blah, 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 and like sent me these news articles while I'm up in the Andes mountains. And I was like, oh my God. So it went from like super serene to like, oh shit, what's happening? And then immediately into like no no service zone because I'm in the middle of the Andes and I couldn't text my wife back and stuff. So I mean, it happened immediately
0: so quickly. Yeah. And I, I think you said Obama, but I mean, Trump pulled people to people.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, that's 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 true. Obama did
0: not. Obama, Obama helped us get there. He was kind of building bridges to get everybody over there. Yeah, I remember in Vietnam, um, I went to Vietnam about three or four weeks after Trump was elected and the people over there, I mean, God, of all the places in the world to hate Americans, to have a reason to hate Americans. Yeah. And they don't.
1: Yeah, I've heard that.
0: They don't. They were like, welcome back. Like we want to be friends again. Like we want to like work together. Please like, you know, welcome. And they all like every business owner, every guy that we talked to was raving. They were all raving about Obama going to Hanoi with Anthony Bourdain.
1: Ah, oh, I love that episode. Have you
0: seen that episode? Yeah, absolutely. Like we went and ate, of course, you know, in, in the same restaurant, but you know, they, to go from that, like to bring people together in that way to what you're describing a, a cruise ship leaving and people in another really developing country, just crying because this is a real impact on their families. I mean, a financial impact. Like, what? I, I don't know if we can put a number on it, but yeah. Like, how does that real in real terms, like what are they going to do now?
1: I, so we, this is, this is kind of what, and I'm, and I'm glad that, that you had even mentioned that we're, that you were going to ask these questions. My wife and I are, So my wife and I run Costa Costa, just, just us two. And we're, we're trying to like get, put as much awareness into, um, people are still allowed to travel to Cuba. So like, even if people don't travel through us specifically, if people contact us, we can help kind of arrange people getting there in a legal way. Um, I think, I think the main thing that happens in the, like when he makes these types of announcements, Trump specifically when he makes I'm talking to you, sir, Um, when he makes these types of announcements, it really scares the general public into thinking that, that these things are not accessible anymore. Um, and that has a direct impact on, like I said, like these people's lives, these people's livelihoods, they, they work in tourism, tourism was doing well. He decided to roll stuff back a year and a half ago. They went through a severe slump, restaurants closed, bars closed. People spent their entire life savings on stuff when Obama like opened it and it was just supposed to be this huge wave that never fully, you know, developed when he rolled things back. I mean, people's lives got, got messed up. So we're, we're wanting to kind of like put out the news that, um, you still are like, don't believe the hype basically. Like he's, he's saying, you know, you can't go there and supporting a foreign government and all this kind of stuff. But in fact, you're supporting specifically with, if, if you do it correctly, staying at Airbnb's Airbnb has done a really great job of, um, people have rented their houses and rented rooms out in Cuba since the 90s when tourism kind of opened for them. So like Airbnb was able to sort of make partnerships with these people. If you travel through Airbnb, if you get um, taxis that aren't government owned, if you don't stay at national, like big, big hotels, there are ways that are really amazing ways to go and see Cuba. Some of these houses are just cute as hell. Like they're really, really nice places. So our mission now is to continue to kind of like spread the word that you're still allowed to go to Cuba. It's still there. It's still happening. It's still really, really great. Um, We actually have two trips coming in fall and one in January. So I'm doing my best to just, I mean, we're, we're a small company, so it's not like we, our voice is not as loud as Trump's voice. That's just, that's just kind of the fact of the matter. Sure. You know, but we're just, we're trying to get out there however we can that like, People can still go. These Cubans are still there. They're still awesome. So
0: It is hard to fight a PR battle against a man with 70 million Twitter followers. That's
1: a very, very
0: good point. Yep. Yeah. And even if it's people that don't necessarily believe everything he says, which is dangerous and scary uh, in its own way, uh, it's still getting out there. And... You know, I, for one, that's why, as soon as I read the news, I messaged you on Instagram. And, and everybody should go, if you follow me on Instagram, even if you don't, uh, follow Costa Costa. It's spelled just how it sounds. Uh, it's awesome pictures. They do a really good job of showing you authentic things. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's real travel. It's it's not like you guys just go to Havana and, and stay there. And that's something I want to, te- like, tell people about because... As we've discussed every now and then, like getting some riders and going over and, and right. doing the damn thing. Yeah. You explained to me like, man, this ain't like going to Havana and chilling. Like, tell me what a typical like Cuba trip with coast to coast is like.
1: It's That's, 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 a, that's a big question. So what we do for the most part, we have we have a sprinter van, right? So we have a big, solid van. Uh, That fits about 14 travelers, myself and a guide, myself or James and a guide, right? So basically it's kind of like, it's kind of like a little, little yacht. You kind of put a bunch of people together that don't know each other all with the same pretty much common goal of going, exploring a new country. Um, And it it honestly, it works out super well. So we get in, we handle people's flights, we get them all in. So our driver can pick us up at relatively the same time, right? From usually, usually from the States, we've had some people come in from Mexico. Mexico. We've had a couple of people uh, from New Zealand and Europe and things, but typically North Americans that are coming in on these trips. Um, we get people, we go to a, like a welcome dinner where we know the chef that's like a cool private restaurant. He like throws this whole thing. We get people some drinks, get the crowd kind of interacting with each other. We go on, on like architecture, history, art, walking tour of Havana. We actually stay in old Havana also. So our house, the, the bed and breakfast is a 10 room mansion pre-revolution that they've now turned into like this really beautiful bed of breakfast on the Instagram. Actually there's pictures of the patio. Anytime we post a
0: picture of the patio, it like goes nuts. People love that damn patio. This sounds like something from the Godfather.
1: It's so rad. It, oh, so Godfather two, <laughs> they're actually on the history tour. I always have, have our, like one of our guides, like tell us about this Godfather two, where they're cutting the cake, that hotel is, like, right down the street from us. Well, they didn't film it there, but that's, like, where it's supposed to be. Um, okay. We talk about the hotel that Sevilla Biltmore is how he pronounces it, but Hotel Sevilla is, like, three blocks away. We're, like, literally up in Godfather Two when they go to Cuba territory. It's crazy. It's super interesting. I'm, like, a huge fan. That's that's pretty sick. It's so sick. So, we have also, we've met people – Uh, and like become friends with them that are curators at like art galleries so they'll basically we get on the ground and i'm like hey christina like hey andy like da 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 like what's what's happening this week so like our like friend like cool friends that are there will just basically give us stuff to do for the week they're like oh yeah take it like you can go on thursday because there's gonna be a concert blah 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 they just have they know the fun stuff that's happening every time we get there so we throw
0: in multiple concerts and stuff um so wait quick question quick question because we can't just skip over it did you actually get to see the rolling stones no so
1: this is the this is the thing the rolling stones played into i had just gotten married so like i got i got married i came and they did did a trip in cuba and the rolling stones ended up playing the day that we were leaving so now, so it's like I was there when ever all of the hype and like all the stuff, and people were like hitchhiking in from we're just seeing crowds upon crowds. Like everyone is hitchhiking in to see the show. I had just gotten married and there was no way then of getting internet in Cuba. There is now, it's much easier. But I couldn't get a hold of my then new wife to be like, hey, I'm gonna stay for an extra day or two in Cuba to watch this show. So I ended up coming home. And then she was like, why did you come home? You should have just stayed and watched the movies. That's
0: a good husband. That was stupid on your part. That was totally stupid. <laughs> I know,
1: right? Like, I mean, we've been married now for like four years. So it's like, uh, now she's like, dude, that was that was kind of dumb. You should have just stayed. Like, she's like, I wouldn't have minded. But I, I couldn't communicate the news back to her in yeah. time. To, you know what I mean? You're just like, just marry this student that he's he's missing in Cuba for a couple days. I don't know if it would have gone over well. But I'm like... It, it's one of those things. I wish I would have gone to it. The other thing, too, when Obama was actually in Havana, we were outside of Havana. So we met, like we saw, we got back into Havana and we saw his motorcade going to the airport. What I think is his motorcade.
0: You, you know, I, I actually invited him on our podcast. Did you? Yeah. Um, they, they were really nice. Just someone at his staff answered my email and they were like, unfortunately, the former president has a full schedule right now. He's pretty busy. He doesn't have time to come on a podcast that at the time didn't even exist.
1: <coughs> Obama, come on, Obama, come on, man.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I was, what's he doing? Like, I know, like Bush is just in Texas painting things. Like, <laughs> he just said his, he rides like a mountain bike and paints really lovely, like portraits. Yeah, but it's like kind of sad. It's all of like soldiers who died, like during the wars that he. Uh, <laughs> that he initiated like started really is that do you think, is he like do you like dealing with things in his older years yeah it's therapy I, i'd like to get him on actually i think he'd be really interesting um you know now that some time has passed and we all have a little more perspective on that
1: we have more perspective on that honestly a friend of mine was like man i
0: wish bush was back
1: in at this point
0: <laughs> yeah it's it seems like i don't know but you know nostalgia is a, a thing and it Nostalgia is a thing. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about Cuba. Like after you guys leave Havana, it seems like you kind of go off the grid a little bit. What's it like? Um, One of the recurring themes of get lost and sold outside, which is really the impetus of all this soldoutblog.com. The whole idea is to go to a major city, a world city and hang out for a day or two and then leave. Yeah. Like just get out and go to the countryside of whatever country you're in, you know, as long as it's like a sane place to be and we're really like halfway sane. So what is Cuba like outside of the cities? Man, it's like it, that's such a,
1: that's such a hard like So we, it, we basically, we do that. We like are in Havana for the first two days and then we leave Havana immediately for three days. We stop, we stop actually at the Bay of Pigs. We have this guy who has this amazing little house. That's like on this little private beach so there's, like, there's just layers to it, right? Like, it's, like, coconut trees and, like, this bay with, like, pristine water, and they serve us this, like, seafood lunch in this private home, and we get to, like, play and swim in the bay, and then we drive through the countryside, like, to this little town called Trinidad, but on the way through there, it's, like, an ox pulling a cart full of, like, alfalfa with, like, a bunch of school kids on the top of it to, like, a scooter with a bunch of, you know, with like a whole family on a scooter to like a, like a BC taxi, what do they call them? Like a pedicab, like yeah. every form of, of like transportation you've ever seen at like one intersection, sometimes like a donkey and a horse and like an ox. And it's, it's nuts. It's like, it's, there's parts of it. I mean, we're, it's it's 2019, but then there's just really, really old school methods and everything is like thrown together all at
0: the same time. So it's like a guy that's like driving an ox, but he has an iPhone.
1: Yeah, kind of. I mean, possibly not an iPhone, but like something like that. He would have like a cell phone of some type. But yeah, a guy driving an ox with a cell phone. And it's just, it's like old meets new. The countryside's really great. We'll always stop and like, you know, kind of like, usually there'll be photographers along. So I'm, my thing, I'm like, if you guys want to stop, just let me know. I'll tell the drivers to stop. Like, so they'll, photographers are amazing sort of perspective on these things i'm i'm not a photographer i'm i'm like the people end of it so they'll be like hey can we stop here i'll tell the driver to stop here we'll jump out we'll talk to farmers and i'm like hey man do you mind if they like take pictures of you and they're like sure i don't care That's like they're like that's weird why would you want to do that yeah. totally they're like why dude man, i'm just i'm just here doing my thing um well meanwhile it's like this like like super buff farmer people are like can i just like take pictures of like you look, you look jacked. And this looks like an amazing, like scenery. And I just want to take photos of it. But then I'll be like, you know, what's your story and what's this and what's that? Like people from always on our trips have like donations and things to give back. So it's like, it it ends up being like a really cool, it's like a Cuban road trip. It's a weird, it's a weird kind of awesome experience. You stop, you like take pictures of some farmer, you know, give them some like, um, what, what's the stuff called? Like icy hot. I'm like, yeah, this is for like sore
0: muscles at the end of the day. They're like, Holy shit, I've heard of this stuff. This stuff's so great. No, no, no. That's that stuff that, like, Shaq is always advertising on TV.
2: Yeah, I'm like, Ooh,
0: he's advertising terribly. Those commercials are weird. <laughs> icy Hot. <laughs> I'm Shaq. I haven't played basketball in 10 years, but you should get some Icy Hot, because I use it every day to talk to Charles Barkley.
1: <laughs> uh, but, like, honestly, it's, like, seaside to, like, countryside – we go to this small town called Trinidad. That's like it's 503 years old this year. It's like this old colonial cobblestone, like people playing music in the streets, kind of stuff. Salsa dancing in plazas. Um, it's it's kind okay. of incredible. Vignales, the like tobacco country. We go there, um, and it's like we ride horses. I'm I'm from Los Angeles. I'm from Southern California, and I'm not. A horse person. I wasn't a horse person. I should. I should clarify. I was yeah. like nervous about them. I almost got bucked off one when I was in Mexico when I was young. Uh-huh. Uh, I find it just the most therapeutic and beautiful day every single time. We just cruise on these horses through tobacco fields. This farmer shows us how to roll cigars. I have a cigar on a horseback. I feel like freaking John Wayne. It's like, and it looks. It's this, this valley is just insane looking. It looks like the land before time and you get to just ride a horse and smoke a cigar and like, it's, it's amazing.
0: Maybe that's why these like Western European countries tried for so long to conquer the world. Like they just wanted to go ride their horse some more. They just wanted to ride further. <laughs> just ride more. I don't know. I mean, it's hard, hard to know what their motivation was because they really, they've made an impact on the world in some bad and some good ways. Um, well, you bring up a good point, and you talk about bringing photographers along with you. One of the things that I like to at least focus on partially is how to be a better traveler. I borrowed this from Curiosity Magazine, which is a really cool publication that I freelance for sometimes. But one thing you hit on with the photography thing is you said you're the people person. You stop and you ask someone, can I take your picture? hmm this is huge to me. And I'm wondering if you have an opinion on that, do you think it's best to stop and ask people? Yes. I have um, I have worked with a lot of photographers who do.
1: Look, it doesn't have to be in fluent Spanish either. You know what I'm saying? It can be like, eh? Like I've People have asked me before, I always love these questions, but people ask me how to say polite stuff in another language, I'm like, great. I I can explain to them how to like say it really politely in Spanish or I can be like, like point to your camera, nod and be like, see, si? like, or puedo, like, can I, or like, is this okay? Like if you get like a non like actual, like spoken language, but like a verbal consent on that or like a head nod consent or like pointing the camera, as long as you kind of are like letting these people know that that's happening, I think that that's fair. Um, I think the kind of like like shoot and walk is like not a very nice move. Um, I think it's a little, you know, a little, a little invasive and it just kind of like, I, the other thing though, again, I'm not a photographer. I'm much more of a people person. So I'm more into the human experience. I think photographers get better photos when they shoot someone before they're looking though. sometimes, you know, but I'm like, it doesn't, I'm like, it. Does, the good doesn't outweigh the bad in my opinion. I think, I think you should be polite and ask someone before, you know, taking their image like
0: that. I agree. And I think there's just some little stuff like that, that you pick up uh, as you become a little more of a more experienced traveler. And I'm certainly, I guess I'm supposed to be a pro, but I don't know if I, I would call myself a pro. You've been, you've been, man. You've been to a lot of, a lot of places. I mean, I've had some, some Instagram for a while. You do, you do some cool stuff, man. I've had some really amazing opportunities. Um, and that's another story for another day, but Yeah, I learned a lot along the way. Like, um, I've almost died a couple times trying to take a picture for Instagram, which was stupid. So, I I don't... uh, No, I I try to stay a little bit further back from cliff edges nowadays. Yeah. Um, Don't go hop on, like, a World Heritage site. Don't don't go sit on ancient ruins. Or, I'm not going to fess up to that, but... uh, I will say, if you go to Hadrian's Wall in the UK, there's really nothing stopping you, and there's no signs that say how close you can get. Well, I think leaning on it is maybe one thing. It is just rocks, you know. It's like you're not really gonna hurt it, but maybe, yeah, they just they've stood the test of time. Um, but maybe just don't like run around on top of them. That would be irresponsible. There's, I
1: totally agree. They made a rule um, at Machu Picchu because we do trips to Peru also. And our guide will be like, make sure you don't jump and take a picture. Like so many people were doing the like the jump pose picture thing that it was like impacting the ground too much. So they had to make make a rule about no. So just folks at home, no jump selfies on like a heritage site of any type. Don't don't do
0: the jump pose, please. Well, that's like little stuff like that. uh, And too many people going to a place that impacts the trail, the wildlife. I mean, it's, it's a big discussion. And, and a big topic like where you have people who say uh, don't geotag on Instagram. I I don't believe in that. I think travel should be accessible. It shouldn't be. I agree. It should be a secret. You should be able to go everywhere, but also people should respect the place that they're in as well. I'm not saying like walk around and travel in a bubble.
1: Yeah, just be just. I I I think it's just kind of like a
0: like a respect
1: issue, right? Like if if someone just came to your house and they're just jumping around and taking pictures of you and like taking jump selfies on your couch and shit, you'd be like, yo, like, stop doing that, please. Like, or ask if you can take a picture or like do a jump selfie outside or whatever. Also, is it called a jump selfie? I'm like 38 years old, man. Is that, is that, is
0: that, that I don't know, man, I'm 31. Like, I don't know about all these kids these days. (laughs) These kids are up to jump selfies and shit. I had a a guest that was on uh, the episode before you. His name is Malik the Martian and he's a photojournalist. He found himself in a, a really weird situation. He was at, like, a celebrity's house. And they came up to him and they said, hey, man, I know he told this to me off off uh, air. But he's like, hey, man, I know you're the photographer. And he's like, yeah. The guy's like, I just want to make sure, like, you know, we cool. And he's like, yeah, like, I'm not going to take pictures of you in your house. Like, well, I wouldn't want you to come to my house and, like, snap pictures of me while I'm, like, on the couch watching netflix chilling yeah yeah like that would be weird why would you do that it would be weird yeah i Um, i think
1: that's a i mean but nowadays the guy whose house he was in you have to be like hey man just so you know like please don't do that like people don't take the initiative to not be invasive like you have to almost like say hey hey can you please not be a jerk um so you know one of the things too i have to say is that the longer i've done this the more sort of responsible i feel of like, like you said, like you've traveled, you know, a bunch, I've traveled a bunch. We start knowing how to sort of act in foreign countries and being more respectful. And like, can I take a photo and this kind of stuff, our organization, like coast to coast of the company, I'll bring people that have like never been out of the country. So it's like, which is amazing. Cause that's like a huge, like responsibility slash, like, it's so awesome that I can like help people do that for the first time or the second or the third time. I said a woman would come with us three times and she's gonna come a fourth, which is amazing. Um Absolutely. but I like I can be like, yo, you guys like be like you know, tread lightly, like your footprint matters. Like I get to kind of like impact responsible travel and kind of impart that on the world. Like we're gonna show up I tell people that we're we're kind of ambassadors for the United States. Like if we go to Cuba and Cuba and the United States have beef forever, if we're super nice, it's gonna keep like the Americans were really nice to us. Like I want to put that out there in the world, like people being nice, Americans being nice, people traveling well. And yeah, my job is I get to like teach or like at least sort of impart that on people.
0: Yeah. That kind of hits on an important thing. Uh, and I think people listening to this, cause most of us will be Americans. Um, they should know that Cuba hasn't, it's not like there are no tourists there. There's a lot of European travel there. A ton. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, so as representatives of America, which probably are still like, there's probably less of us than Europeans. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. I mean, after the Obama boom, there was like
0: kind of a big wave of,
1: of Americans, but it's it's mainly European and South American and stuff that are there now, especially now with the new restrictions, the American one will probably even like lessen.
0: And so we have a reputation sort of globally as being kind of cowboys and loud and, I'm not going to say bad tourist, but maybe annoying a little bit. Maybe annoying. Yeah. 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 That's fair. (laughs) So you can help people kind of learn to be a better traveler. Like it all goes back to that. Just put a little effort in to, and it'll help you enjoy your experience more because when you reach out to, to ask that person for a photo, maybe you strike up a conversation. Right. And there's nothing better than like talking to locals and knowing like, what is, what their life is like. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It kind
1: of like opens, opens dialogue for stuff like that. That's like, that's my favorite thing when I, when I go places is like when you randomly talk to a local person and they have some kind of like, even just like a normal, simple story to me can be like really insightful or like really interesting or cool. Or so that's another nice thing that I get to do is like translate those conversations for people. And like, I don't know, kind of open up people's uh, perspective on things.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing little job that, that, that I've created. It's kind of nice. Talk a little bit about when you took that step to start your own business and go out on your own. How terrifying was that?
1: So I worked, I worked in restaurants when I started Costa Costa and I worked in restaurants until about two years ago. So I was full time building a business in the day and four nights to sometimes five nights a week. Toward the end, it was less than that. But, like, four to five nights a week for years at a restaurant at night and then would wake up when my wife would wake up for her normal job in the morning and, like, do coast-to-coast all day. So, like, I was really afraid – I was really afraid – like, I would take all of the steps all day long and then jump on a bus and go to work at night. You know what I'm saying? So, like, taking the leap was, like – it took – I started in 2012. It's 2019, so like five years worth of like working almost full time in restaurants. At least four years of full time, and like the last year was kind of part time. I like weaned off of doing like I would start doing three shifts a week or two shifts a week. I started like weaning off the restaurant stuff, but the leap leap um, was only about two years ago, and it was accidentally uh, because I I I worked at a restaurant here for years in in Los Angeles, and it was in West Hollywood. It's called Gracias Madre. Um, it was a great place to work, loved it, but I was also like, you know, burning myself out from working so much on coast to coast that did that at night.
0: Totally. And I kept
1: taking tech kept taking days off and I kept taking days off. And like my manager was kind of like, dude, like you gotta, like, you gotta not take days off so much. Like I would trade them out to other people, right? So it wasn't like I wasn't showing up to my shift ever. But he's like, Man, you haven't been here in like a month. Like, you gotta like show up. And I was like, I will, okay, I promise. Like, all right. So then it basically I had a trip to Spain and then to Cuba. It was like a back-to-back, almost three-week thing. And I was like, "All right, I like I just got to get all of my shifts covered and blah blah blah." And then right when I get back, I'm gonna like I'm gonna pick up shifts order. And he's like, "Okay, yeah, sure," and just kind of like let me do it. And then when I got back, he was kind of like, "You needed this. Like you're not on the schedule anymore. You're you're done." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And from that that point on, I've been like, "Oh, this is my only job now." So it kind of took a little bit of pushing out of the nest by my managers at that restaurant
0: yeah it sounds like they took care of you like they knew it was
1: great it was really honestly it was the best it was the best thing because i was like i got like i you know what i'm saying it's just like taking that leap was scary to me and then now that i've done it i'm like it's i mean i'm fully busy all the time it's not like it's a like i don't even know how the hell i was doing it like doing all my days and then going in at five to a restaurant at night also like i don't know how that would even be possible
0: I don't know. Sold outside's a lot like that. It's it's a burn on both ends type thing because I'm still afraid to take that jump. You know, like I'm doing everything, huh? You, I mean, you have like like a ton of writing work you no? Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. The freelance the freelance travel writing fits right in. I, I love doing that. So the travel channel stuff, Business Insider, Travel uh, Curiosity, Sold Outside, all that is, is like retellings of you know, similar stories in different ways. You know, so at Travel Channel, right now they're on a big kick about galleries. So when I'm on a trip, I know, okay, shoot galleries for travel channel. And in the back of my head, I'm like, but look for cool angles for curiosity. And then the back of my head like, look for things that might go viral for insider. And for sold outside, it's like, think about yourself. How are you growing from this trip? Right. All of that's great. It sinks right in. Um, but there, there's just a lot of things going on where, like, how do you take that step to make Sold Outside, Get Lost Podcast, whatever, like, its own growing, living, breathing thing? And uh, that's, that's what we're trying to do. And I guess in a weird way, like, it, it's inching and inchworming itself towards fruition, you know? It just, I think it's just – I think it's that, honestly. Like,
1: I mean, I literally started – I moved down here. So I was living in San Francisco. And I was like single and like, not. I started the company when I moved down here to LA. I don't know what it was, but like, I met, you know, the, the woman who's my wife now. And I was kind of like, damn, I need to like get my, get, get this thing. like actually moving. So I moved down here and like, you know, got kind of more serious about it. I literally have to say like inchworming every single damn day, even when it's like difficult and even when there's not progress and like, even when it's like, you know, you get a bunch of no's. And then in my case, like I had to go to a restaurant at night and that was shitty sometimes, like all that inchworming, all that forward, 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 forward. At some point, all of a sudden you're like, Oh damn, I've inchwormed and I'm doing it. I'm fully doing it at this point.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it just happens. It's so freaking weird. I, I like one day I just was, I was climbing on a volcano in Italy and I looked at my phone and it was like a notification. Wow. Uh, your story's on travelchannel.com It's like, holy shit, like an inchworm.
1: How did that happen?
0: Yeah. I don't know how that happened. So I don't know where the future goes, but let's get back to Cuba real quick before you wrap up. Uh, One question I have for you is, how do you think visiting Cuba impacts the view of the people who are on your tour? Like, Do they come away at the end of the trip with a little bit of a different mindset? Every
1: single time. That's a really good question. And like every single time, even people that are like, uh, how do I say it? Like come for intentions that I don't necessarily believe in. Like, I'm just going to say it. like super Instagrammy, like, Oh, I'm just going to take pictures and like cute dresses the whole time. That kind of stuff. Sorry. It's out, it's out there. It's on the. Right. No, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like people that don't have that, their, their reason for being there isn't the same reason as mine always, even them are extremely impacted are extremely like, like whoa, it's not what you expect there. It's, it's different. It's, they will be in touch and like become friends with, for example, like we had a group of people, we had a group of 40 people. This is a, this is a crazy example. We had a group of 40 people a couple months ago. Right. And they were, um, they were so nice. They were so great. It was an incentive trip for the top 20 salesmen of for a tractor company, for a company that sells tractors. Right. Interesting. It, they had to sell like over a certain millions of dollars in tractors and they wanted an incentive trip. So I took f- 20 of these salespeople in there and they're plus ones on the trip. Right. Right. So this is like, they're in like, they're America, like America, Americans, right. They're, they're, <laughs> they're like,
0: they're like from Tennessee, place. like cotton fields, yeah. like where I'm from.
1: <laughs> I, I, honestly, like there was, there were, there were, some of them were from Tennessee. A bunch of them are, um, are from Kentucky. They're like America, Americans, right. I'm All from right. the West coast. I'm in this bubble. I like, you know, this liberal little bubble of mine. And I'm like, Oh my God, what's this going to be like? First of all, they were so gracious and so nice to all of the Cuban people, which is like my main, my main thing. Right. I'm like, everybody, when you go abroad, be fucking nice, like be nice to everybody. It's not, it's not hard. Just be nice. Like you're literally, like we were talking about a second ago, like we're like, we have a reputation of being kind of cowboyish and kind of pushy and kind of taking stuff and loud. And, Just be nice to everybody. It means the world to other people and it would make me very happy. Um, So like during the course of this trip though, and these are like, you know, kind of like America first, like kind of right-wingy Americans. One of our guides, Talia, is like just charming the hell out of them, like loves this group. They're so nice. They love her back, blah, blah, blah. And someone at the end, they're like, oh my God, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fly Talia and her husband to come visit us in North Carolina. Like we'll fly Talia and her husband out because wow. we love her and it would be super fun to have her come to North Carolina. She's never she told us she's never been to America. And I was like, "Oh no, she's not al- she's not allowed to do that." And the lady was like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "No, there's visa restrictions. Like Talia's not allowed to leave Cuba and come to the United States." She was like, "No, but if we pay for it." And I was like, "No, that's not she's not allowed to do that because of her government." And the lady was just yeah. like, "Oh my god." Like this woman that loved our guide and was like, we're going to pay. It's going to be super fun. We're bringing in North Carolina. I had to like kind of let her know that that's not the thing. And just her reaction and that the whole group knew that this is so one sided and so unfair. How some of these, how some of these things we were born in a country, 90 miles away from another country, we're allowed to go wherever the hell we want. And they're not like that thing to me was really impactful and like was super impactful on them. So, and the nice part about it is when I got home, a couple weeks later, like, dude, I still have stuff in my garage. They send donations. They send stuff. They send gifts and like cards and books for her kid and all this kind of stuff. I've been back to Cuba. That was in March. I've been back like two or three times since then have loaded up a duffel bag with stuff and brought it down to her to like give her into these other guys that she loved or that's that all cool. of them. Loved. And my, I
0: still have like five boxes in my garage, like big ass boxes. If you're going to Cuba, I need to send you some stuff. That. That's country people for you, man. Like, that's the flip side. Coming from a small town in Tennessee, uh, I mean, I live in a city now, but, like, coming from really, really small town, that, that's it. Like, when I was first starting, uh, Brownsville, Tennessee, town of, like, 10,000 people, it's a Walmart and a cotton field. Those are, like, the people who read, read my blog, read every article, like, and, yeah, those are still, like, yeah. They're supportive. And I know they don't all agree with my political views, but that's okay.
1: That's okay though, man. They're, they're still being supportive. That was my other thing too. I, I, it was a nice cultural sort of exchange for me because I'm like, I don't agree with your political views, but you, and you don't agree with mine, but at least we can like be here together and be nice to people and like enjoy the, the our experience in Cuba together, drop politics and just be nice. Maybe move a little bit inward on both sides. Yeah. I understand you a little bit better. You understand me a little bit better. And we
0: understand these Cubans a little bit better. It was a, it was a super cool experience. Yeah. So anyway, I guess the main takeaway now is you guys know, um, yes, these new sanctions are impacting people's lives, but you can still go to Cuba. You can help. You can uh, talk to Andrew. You can go book a trip and and you can go with them. I can't think of anyone better to go with. So well, thank you. I, we also, like I said, like
1: it, I'm I'm just I'm happy to give people advice on how to do it on their own as well. Um, it is a tricky pace to manage. You guys. Anybody can come with us, of course, everybody is welcome. But also just just so we can get people down to Cuba, like I can I can send people, I can answer questions, I can do any of that kind of stuff if people reach out. So
0: sweet. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you?
1: Um yeah, so it's it's
0: costa. costa
1: so it's C-O-A-S-T-T-O C O S T A dot com or that same, the Instagram handle at Costa Costa, um, info at Costa is our email, probably through the website. The website's really good. And Instagram, my wife does it and updates it all the time. And it like looks really great. Um, so yeah, those, the, those ways I'm never on Twitter. So sorry, Instagram, mainly and the, and the website and email. That's my, best.
0: sounds great, man. Thank you so much for your insight. And thanks for making time to join us. Absolutely. No problem.
2: Anytime. Thank you. Yeah. Remember that guitar, that museum in Tennessee Name played on the glass, brought back 20 melodies And the scratches on her face, told of every time he fell Singing every story he could tell And oh, the stories it could tell and I bet you, it still rings just like a bell And I hope that we can sit back on a bed in some hotel Sing you all the stories we can tell